This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Dorenda. Everyone, welcome to episode 104 of the Laravel News Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us on this wonderfully chilly Illinois evening. And uh, Mr. Dorinda, what's the weather like over there in Aussie land? It's, it's, we're, we're having the fits and starts and sputtering into spring. So I'm being personally attacked by the pollen. Apparently, we're going to be heading into our worst hay fever season uh, in a long time. So Yikes. I've got the antihistamine tablets and I've got this stuff called Nasonex, which is like a nasal spray because the doctor reckons just jam that up your nose and that's as quick as you get. You're only supposed to use it once a day. It's it's meant to be that good. And you've used it three times today so far, if that tells you anything, <laughs> folks. Yeah. So I've only had to use it every other day, which has been good. But yeah, we had... I. I we, the photos from our um, family photo shoot went up on Twitter today. Yeah, those got them awesome, by the way. Yeah, they look fantastic. I'm blown away by how good they are. I can't wait to get the prints done and put on the walls. But we, we put them up. So we went in and had them taken at the Ville Gardens here in Adelaide. And, yeah, spring and me there, it was oh, like, no. I was fine at the time. But then the next couple you of days. Later. and Yeah. <laughs> on the, that was on the Sunday we had the photos done. And then on the Monday... I mowed the lawn and then on the Tuesday, my throat was just on fire. Oh, and then, my word. It's the worst. Yeah. I went to the doctor because it was like that sore. I'm like, maybe I've got something else. And the doctor's like, hey, you've picked up a secondary infection on top of the hay fever. Oh my, gosh. Why my throat was so sore. No. So, and like I felt fine, but it was that hay fever, the itchy eyes, the watery eyes, the runny nose, all of that in combination with this throat. And I'm like, my throat has never been this sore with hay fever. Please tell me if I'm going to die or something. So <laughs> it was a whole lot if of it's fun. Not, it if it's not whole... the animals, it's the, you know, allergies, it's the whatever. Yeah. Australia just wants exactly to kill you right. all the time. Yeah. So all the time. Don't say that. We've got we've got international guests coming to speak at Laracon in two weeks. So what I meant to say <laughs> was Australia is probably one of the best places to tour in the world and you're gonna love it there. That's what I actually yep. meant to say by that. So that's exactly what you meant to say. Yes, two weeks away though. Laracon AU. Two weeks. It's yeah, it's sneaking awesome. out pretty quickly now. Website looks incredible. Speaker lineup looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah, everything's pretty much done now. We sent off the order for the t-shirts. We sent off the order for the badges and the lanyards, which all look really good. We've had all the artwork which, yeah, done. Yeah, they for really do. Signage and lecterns and all of that. I was I was trying to figure out. You know how Taylor always have the, has those light box things. Yes. And I tried mm -hmm. to find like conference stage light up props and i had no luck with it i don't know what they call taylor if you hear this please help me <laughs> yeah you have like to why don't you just ask own. taylor and i looked at her i'm like you know what that's actually a really good idea maybe i could ask taylor yeah that's why our wives are so i mean like i mean i don't know it's like they contain so much wisdom that never crosses my brain i'm not exactly sure how it works but it's just like my wife says things and i'm like that's really intelligent, and I have no idea yeah. why I didn't think of that first. But yeah. yes, you are correct. Absolutely. So thank God for wives. Okay. Hey, let's get into this. We have got releases. We have got package, we is, packages. We have got news and tutorials. So let's start out with releases. So we've got uh, a couple of those right at the top of the list. We've got easy, lazy collections. 
added to Laravel 6.1. Michael, tell us about this one. Yeah, so the Laravel team announced the immediate availability of Laravel 6.1. When was it? On the 2nd of October. So it's just after we put the last episode out and added a new eager method to the lazy collections along with some additional updates for Laravel 6. So lazy connect collections were a new feature that were added to Laravel 6 and now has this eager method which enumerates all of the lazy collections values and constructs a new lazy collection instance here lazy collection instance which will now be backed by an array there is an example in the show notes wow i'm really having a hard time saying <laughs> words today aren't i show it's notes fever. yeah uh, without the eager method the the um you would get basically a double fetch of the results next we've got a purge and get channels method added to the log manager class in order to purge resolved log driver channel uh, there is some more sample code again in the show notes which will cover off exactly what all of that is which we skip over we've also added a with with cookies method added to the test response which makes it easier to send cookies in http test which is always nice of course you can see the full list of new features and updates below and the whole diff between version 6.0.4 and 6.1 is available on github via the show notes interesting interesting i'm looking at some of these items so the eager, I'm curious if that basically says hold off on doing anything until you've done like, is it a middleware thing where it basically says like, hold off on making any queries until we've compiled all the queries that are going to happen. And then if the eager loads at that time, like, I don't know, how does that work? I'm, I'm, I'm curious about that. Is it, does it basically, does it basically prevent N plus one queries? Is that kind of like what it's well, doing? I'm curious. I guess so. And, and, you know, if you're watching the live stream, you can actually have a look. This makes this makes things much easier when we start talking about code without looking mm-hmm. like or sounding like dummies. Well, so the example stuff, that I said we would skip over. Basically, you can do user colon colon cursor, which will give you a lazy collection, and then you can use user eager to eagerly load that collection, and then you can do a count on it. Um, so where we said previously, this would have uh, you do a count on it, and then you can do a users each. So where Previously, if you did the count, uh, mm. that would done one query. And then if you do a users each, that would then have done another query. Using the users eager means that you can access the cursor, I suppose, on the lazy collection without having to re-query the database, which is really handy. Obviously, it helps to speed up your pages and, and keep things nice and lean in terms of processing your code. Interesting. I see now. Yep, I got it. I get you, I get you. Uh, so the purge on the log manager class essentially looks like you can take the log manager, which is just kind of in the container. Nope, which is not in the container. In this case, they're actually newing up the log manager. And then they are passing in the app, which is going to read off the config and see which log channels you have set. So you have introduced in, I think, 5.6, this new logger, which you can use like stacks. So you can have like, I want to have a single log. I want to have a daily log. I want to use a syslog. I want to use paper trail, right? So you have all these different, uh, these different um, channels that you can use. And then what basically this allows you to do is this allows you to purge that out. You can purge that particular thing and it will empty the channels of that log manager. So like if you wanted to manually set, hey, I'm going to go ahead and log to this location and then reset all those and don't push to all those now, just push to this one. That's kind of what the purge, I think, does on the log manager, I think. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Okay. That's kind of handy. Yeah, that is. Mm. That is. Very cool. 
Awesome. Okay. So then we had on the next one, we have this new password confirmation flow for logged in users in Laravel 6.2. So have you ever been on GitHub or there's a couple other sites that'll do this and you want to do some sort of critical operation. So on GitHub, for for instance, it would be like you're wanting to change the collaborators of a repo or you're wanting to change the rules for like a protected branch or you're wanting to include a new app in your approved or authorized applications for GitHub, right? And any most of those situations, I'm pretty sure, what it'll do is it will require you to log in as a user again, basically just to confirm that you are who you say you are. If you happen to stumble onto a computer that had a user that was logged in and had a remember me checkbox checked and you were able to log into GitHub, basically this will allow you or this allows GitHub to confirm once again before you do some destructive critical operation that you are who you say you are. It's going to prompt you for that password again. So there's this new ability in Laravel 6.2, which allows you to do exactly that. So the first, the way that you do this really is to just create a new PHP artisan UI view off in the command line, yarn install, yarn dev, whatever. And then what you have to do is you have to attach this middleware, I think is how that works. Yeah, password.confirm is the middleware that you would ask. Uh, So whenever it does that, it will prompt you for this new UI, which says, please confirm your password before continuing. We won't ask you for your password again for a few hours. So it will then store that in the session for a few hours so you won't be reprompted for it. Uh, But essentially mimics that same behavior that that we talked about with with github so i've seen this uh i saw this last week and thought wow that would be extremely useful in a couple places i know we have this at work where we have you know we obviously try and keep people logged in for as long as possible especially for our internal applications Uh, but what that does is it does open you up to this uh, option for somebody walks away from their from their computer right if somebody else walked up and was able to get control of that computer, they could they could do some nasty stuff, right? But this would essentially allow us to reprompt for that password yeah. and you know just add another little layer of protection over some of these critical pieces of CRUD changes. Yeah, yeah pretty definitely. neat. I, I thought that was a really cool addition, a really nice like quality of life sort of thing that's rolled into Core now. So thanks, Dries, uh, for pushing that one in. And yeah. uh, you can check out the code for that in pull request number 5129 if you're interested in looking at the implementation details sweet yeah definitely and obviously all of this stuff will be in the show notes okay we also have uh laravel ignition which introduces the ddd helper so what's that all about ddd helper if you've used dd in your laravel apps you get the you know the the debug output basically the formatted stuff that comes straight from the symphony var dumper in this release, uh, 6.2 of Laravel, we now have a DDD helper, which is for dump, die, and debug. So where previously it would only dump out wherever you've got that call in your code um, and basically hold execution of the rest of your, you know, whatever that page is or that script or that controller or whatever. If you use the DDD helper now, it'll give you the ignition page which gives you the stack trace, it gives you the request, the the app information, the user information, any context that was passed into the page, as well as the content of that dump. So if you were to DDD user colon colon first, whatever, it would give you that output. So this is really handy and I've used it quite a bit since it was released in the 6.2. This is now available 
out of the box in Laravel if you're doing a new application and for any application that has Ignition version 1.9 or greater. Yeah, being able to see the stack trace allows you to retrace your steps, obviously, through the, the code floats that led up to the DDD, whereas before when you did just a DD, it would just, you know, you would lose that DD call inside vendor somewhere. So, um, and the number of times that I've done that when switching between files and like closing files and going, <laughs> all right, there's a DD somewhere, but where is it? And then you have to like, remember, remember where you were and retrace your steps. So the other good thing about this is that you can share your dump code with others using the ignition share Genius. thing via um, Flare. Yeah. So that, that's really handy as well. If you, if you're trying to get to the bottom of something and being able to share it with another, another member of your team, or if you're trying to get help, you know, on Laracast or whatever, being able to share that directly is really handy. Um, so you've got the convenience there as well. Um, and even if, you know, you're trying to open an issue on GitHub or whatever, you can dump, uh, the, the link to the, the shared DDD in there. So you can learn more about the DDD helper by reading the introducing DDD post by Marcel Posio, uh, which we will link up in the show notes. Yeah. Well, wow, that's super cool. I love the, I love that feature where you can do the sharing, right? It adds so many possibilities for, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's, there's a lot of situations in which it's really helpful. But yeah, this DDD just makes it even easier because I can imagine like if if you weren't having like something that threw an exception in the past, how are you then sharing that code, right? It's like, well, it's not actually throwing an exception, but it's just not working. I can't figure out why this one particular piece of code. So now you can just throw the DDD in there and provide that information. That's really awesome. Very, very cool. Yeah. That's it for releases this week. So those are sort of the new releases in the Laravel core side of things. We're going to move into packages and we have some really interesting ones. So starting off that list, we have Laravel geocoding. So Geocodio, I believe is how it's pronounced, but this is a geocoding service that's been created by Matthias Hansen and his wife, Michelle. They've had this uh, service, I believe, I mean, I think of since, I know when I went to Laracon in Louisville, for the first year, like they had it then. Uh, I'm not exactly sure if it was a full-time mm. gig for them yet or not, but uh, I know they nah. were working on it then. Uh, so in any case, uh, they run a geocoding service. Uh, they're big members in the Laravel community. They've spoken at Laracon before, but they now have just released a PHP and Laravel library for integrating with their service. So it includes geocoding, geocoding reverse geocoding, and data matching for US and Canadian addresses. Uh, so they've made the... API really simple. So it's literally like geocodio colon colon geocode, and then you provide an address and it'll provide you back uh, a bunch of context about that address. And of course, there's lots and lots of things that you can do with it. Uh, I'm not going to go through all of the methods and API here. Uh, but suffice it to say, if you're looking for something uh, for geocoding services, geocodio is a great one to try out. We're super stoked about Matthias and Michelle putting out this new package and we're always looking for ways to support people in the Laravel community. So this is a great couple to support. So check it out if you get a chance. And definitely, I mean, you you get the first two and a half thousand lookups per day for free. So if you're in the US or Canada and you're looking for some way of perhaps lessening your requirement on, uh, or, you know, loosening your coupling to Google, then definitely give Geocodio a look. I don't think they're from Canada. Don't think they're from Canada. They're not. No, they're from Washington. But the Geocodio service will work for addresses in 
North America. So I was trying to figure, I was trying to remember what you United, said about United States and Canada. Gotcha. I was trying to remember what you said about Canada that I was like, okay. So one of my new favorite sayings is from Toy Story Four, and on Toy Story Four, mm-hmm. which have you seen it yet? I have not. Oh, it's great. I didn't even know there was a Toy Story Three, and suddenly Toy Story Four came yep. out. You're behind the times, my friend. You are behind the times. I am. It must be Australia. They have like a lag there for movies or not. Uh, I think I think I'm just too old for Toy Story by myself, and Eli's not quite old enough for it. How dare you, sir? How dare you? You just said that because you've got kids to justify no, you going man, to see I've it. I've always been a huge Toy Story fan. I think I don't know, maybe because I came out. Uh, maybe nah, I came out. <laughs> wow. Maybe because <laughs> it came out at the <laughs> Michael's. Give me a look. Like really, it came out at you know the age where I was just like super able to be in love with toy story i guess and so yeah ever since yeah. like toy story i got toy story for christmas and so i was like oh yeah toy story 2 story Story yeah. 3 toy story 4 okay so one of the nah that first one was creepy oh my word did you go back and look at it the animation quality for toy story 1 is just horrid just garbage just yeah. hot garbage i mean at the time it was revolutionary but the other um yeah related to that have you ever played star fox for super nintendo no okay. Old game. I remember when I first saw it in Toys R Us, I was like, oh my word, these are like the most amazing graphics I've ever seen in my entire life. And now on the <laughs> Nintendo Switch, you can play it and the graphics are just hot garbage. Same thing, right? You're just like, yeah. oh my word, this yeah. looks so much better when I was eight years old. Big sidetrack. But getting back to my original reason for saying that is there's a guy in uh, Toy Story 4 named Duke Kaboom, who is voiced by Keanu Reeves. And uh, his one of his sayings is, yes, we Canada. And I thought that's uh, that's something we need to bring into a part of the Laravel community. There's so many amazing Laravel devs in Canada. Yes, we Canada. Yeah. It's great. Good times. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Sidetrack. I know. Moving on. All right. We have advanced state support for Laravel models. Oh, boy. You going to take this one, my friend? No, you can have oh, it. Gosh. Seeing as you love state models, state machines so much. Okay. So Brent Roos, who is part of the Spassi team. Uh, made this package that adds advanced states. Uh, oh gosh, I'm getting your disease. You've caught not it. Being, You've caught it <laughs> across the internet waves. I've caught your disease of not being able to speak. It adds advanced state support to Laravel models. So there's, of course, full details in the official documentation. Here's a few quick examples that they give. Uh, so you can define multiple states for a particular model. So in this case, we're talking about a payment model, uh, and you can add a state of paid or failed or pending or pending to failed there's these different states and then you can allow transitions between the states so you can then set up so you have particular states that you say okay these are the states for this payment but then you allow transitions from one to another so you define those specifically on the model itself and then you can transition from one state to another state uh, essentially So state machines, you can think about it like validation for moving between different, this state machine, if you will, acts as a validator moving from one state to another. So it basically outlines what's allowed, how, you know, where am I allowed to move from and to. So am I allowed to move from paid to failed? No, you're not. But you are allowed to move from pending to paid, right? So am I allowed to move from pending to failed? Yes, you are. Okay, am I allowed to move from uh, you know, whatever, whatever, right? So it's, it kind of sets up these rules for you and then uh, kind of helps to give you a, a good place to go go look at those rules right on, right on your model. So yeah, interesting package. There is some 
resources that are listed here as far as where you can go to understand the basics of state machines. Uh, it would probably be helpful if you don't know what those are to check that out before you use this package. But it is one that I have found extremely useful, this pattern, and some complex uh, pieces of logic that we have in a few of our apps. Um, so I would definitely suggest taking a look at this. And great job, Brent, for creating this. Yeah. And yeah. and just on the on the package itself, this was originally submitted via the Laravel News link section. Uh, where we take submissions from the community to, you know, post their packages or tutorials from around the the Laravel ecosystem or blog posts or if you've got podcasts and videos and things like that. So you can post your own articles at laravel-news.com slash links and you can follow the at Laravel links Twitter account if you want to see some of the other stuff that's coming out from the community on a regular basis. Sweet. Okay. We next have this Now UI dashboard preset for Laravel. Can you talk about that a little bit, Michael? If you're not familiar, basically Laravel lets you push out different presets. They used to be included right into the framework that you'd get the presets for React or for Vue or whatever built directly into Laravel. These have all been extracted to a separate package, but there's always been a third-party package on uh, a third-party group on GitHub, the Laravel dash frontend or the Laravel front-end presets organization, which is a number of different presets for things like uh, Bulma and Semantic UI and Tailwind and, and Inertia. So someone has released the front-end preset for Now UI, which is a bootstrap for admin template that allows you to speed up development uh, of any ad, uh, admin dashboards, I guess for, for Laravel 5.5. I suppose with some tweaking, you could get it to work with Laravel 6 as well. And I assume it works with anything um, so basically you can now install this uh, UI package with Composer. Uh, so you would do a, a PHP Artisan preset now UI and that'll get all the scaffolding set up for you. It'll bring in all of the, the JavaScript and, and CSS dependencies and anything else it needs um, and as well as all the stubs for profile pages, generic pages, user controllers, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, if, if you're wanting to quickly scaffold out an admin panel for your application that, that looks you know decent and gives you a lot of the stuff that you'd be expected to see in terms of user profiles and user management and maps, notifications, tables, et cetera, et cetera, you can check this out at laravel-frontend-presets-now-ui-dashboard on GitHub. But we will definitely include a link to that in the show notes. Awesome. Hey, we also want to take a minute to thank our sponsor for this episode, which is clubhouse.io. Uh, so Michael, I know that you have already taken a look at this and said, yes, this is actually something that we want to be using at our company. Uh, maybe you could talk about a couple of things that make Clubhouse really awesome. Yeah, so we're, we're currently using Jira for better or for worse. It's definitely for the worst. <laughs> but basically... Clubhouse is a project management platform built specifically for software teams and Clubhouse provides the perfect balance of simplicity and structure. They've struck a nice balance basically between things like Trello and Asana, which are largely just you know project boards or Kanban boards, and they bring in the organization and power of something more robust like Jira. But they're, they're a group of hyper-focused UI UX 
people and it, they've built out a fast and intuitive interface. It is, it really and is. And something that they constantly hear from their customers and their users is that the interface is snappy and many have also said that it's a joy to use. They've done a lot of work to implement a Fastly CDN on their app to improve performance. But it's really easy for people to focus in on their own work or on a specific task or project while also being able to zoom out to see how that work is contributing towards the bigger picture. Uh, which is something that we know that really matters for people like yourself and I who are managing teams of developers as well as product managers and, and CEOs and things like that that like to have a high level overview but don't really care about the nitty gritty of individual tasks. And it gives the ability for the developers to focus on their tasks but also see how everything is working towards uh, the you know the big picture. So there's a simple API and a robust set of integrations so it's designed to be developer first. They've got a REST API that's uh, simple to implement and affords the users with greater control over Clubhouse than just the web app itself. And they've got integrations for things like GitHub, Slack, Sentry to automatically create cards, I guess, for the bugs to link into your GitHub issues and things like that. So the last time I looked at this, I think they were charging something like $10 or $15 a month for their entry level tier. They've recently made all of the core features completely free for teams of up to 10 users, which I think is super generous and it would work for different organizations. But in addition, thanks to our friends at Clubhouse, we're also going to offer listeners of the Laravel News podcast two months for free on any paid plan with unlimited uses and access to premium features. So the core features include stories and epics. You've got milestones, reporting, iterations, workspaces, app integrations. So as I said, it will work with things like GitHub and Slack and Sentry. They've got mobile apps to help you stay in sync between iOS and Android and the mobile web. And they've also got projects and story flows. If you would like to check it out, as we said, for listeners of Laravel News, you get two months free on any paid plan with unlimited users and access to premium features. You can check it out at clubhouse.io slash Laravel. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to check this out. It's I looked at it before the show, uh, I think last week at some point. Uh, but I really would love to get my team on this. It, I think what it does, and I get these sorts of questions from my boss all the time, like, hey, where are we at with this one particular thing? And instead of having to send them to a board or a project in GitHub where they can basically look through the issues and see kind of where those things are at, I can give them a burn down chart where it basically just says, hey, here's a projected yeah. date. And it just does all that automatically based on where where it looks like uh, we're at as far as the, where the issues are at in that Kanban board sort of deal. So it gives you both, which is nice, mm -hmm. right? It gives you detail, but it also gives you the ability to zoom out and see everything all at once, see the big picture. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. And I like, like you said, like up to 10 users for free, that's huge. Like my team does not have 10 developers. Yeah, that's a lot of teams. It's a lot, yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. So I'm really excited about this. So definitely check it out if you get a chance and say thanks to our sponsor, Clubhouse. Okay. We have got a couple more packages to talk about here. So automatic tenancy for your Laravel app. And this is a package as well. So standcl slash tenancy package. Uh, this is really interesting. And then I know this is something that a lot of people ask about. They're like, how do we do multi-tenancy in an app? And Taylor has responded to that to say, well, there's a really simple way to do it, which is essentially to use global scopes, right? Where you say, once you've got a tenant logged in, scope you all your queries to filter on this like tenancy ID, right? And that works. That works great. However, some people have the requirement by their clients to actually use different databases if you are looking at a different client's data, right? So they say, no, you have to silo all of our applications data on a different database. And when you get to that point, 
it can be quite painful to have to build that or roll that on your own. So this package basically wraps up a bunch of uh, knowledge that has been gained the hard way through building these things and handed it over to you on a little silver platter saying, here it is, this is how you do it. Uh, so this is specifically built to handle multi-database, multi-tenant Laravel applications. So here are some of the things that it does for you. There are no model traits to change database connections. There's no replacing Laravel classes with tenancy-aware classes, so you don't have to extend a new base model. There is built-in tenant identification based on host name. So you can provide like a wildcard host. So you could say, uh, if we were going to use Clubhouse, maybe Laravel News, dot clubhouse dot io it's your own wildcard url so it, it handles that it has has that feature built in there so built-in tenant identification based on hostname including second level domains so what it does is it works is by using this custom hostname as the tenant switching databases and redis, redis connections and suffixing things like caches and file systems based on that tenant again i could go through some of the code here the api is very thoughtful and they've done a great job of making it simple to use, uh, but it does all of those things for you. So databases, Redis connections, and caches, and file systems. So it handles all of those sorts of deals for you. And uh, like I said, the, the documentation is really solid and the API looks super clean. So if you've needed um, help with something like that before, yeah. multi-database, multi-tenancy in Laravel, you should definitely give this package a look. Um, so that's stancl slash tenancy. And I mm -hmm. think they've got some really, really good documentation out there too. You should definitely check that out. It looks awesome. We, we, we personally have never needed that actually. Most of our stuff, because it's not available for the public domain, it's only available internally. We have a little bit less exposure, like their footprint, you know. Yeah. They, so because of that, I think nice. we're able to uh, kind of structure our internal data however we want because it's not being consumed by people outside our organization. But if it's like available on the out, you know, on the web, on the wide web out there, uh, I can see why some of these um, organizations would have that requirement of saying, "Nope, you actually have to silo this." And so, if you've run into that, this is a package for you. Okay, we also have Laravel API resource links. Maybe you could talk to us about that a little bit. Yes, indeed. So the Laravel resource links is a package by Ruben Van Asher and Sparsi that adds links to your Laravel API resources without a hassle. Now, I think really? we did actually talk about this or talk about this. Well, we didn't talk about this package, but we talked about this package coming soon. <laughs> Uh, so it is here now. So we've got some examples from the documentation that it basically allows you in a in a typical JSON resource, you've got a toArray method, which allows you to transform what is returned back in your collection. But then you can use the links method by using some of the traits included with the package. So there's a has links and a has meta traits included in the Sparsy package. Um, and basically you just go, you know, links arrow this links for the user controller and then it will go and introspect everything for you and then it will generate links for show, edit, update and delete based on, I suppose, the, the methods that are in your controller or you can put it in the meta. So you've got meta links and then index, create and store. Um, I suppose index, create and store would be your, you know, your creation activities or things that don't relate to a specific resource and then show, edit, update, delete, obviously for the specific resource itself. So it makes sense to put that in the data and then the meta would be for the, the generic actions. 
So your front-end will now have everything necessary to navigate the API for a given user, providing uh, the collection meta also provides access to links for listing existing users and creating new users. The documentation, as with all Sparsy documentation, is an excellent place to start learning more about the package. And you can also view the source code on GitHub, but we will link all of that up for you in the show notes. Wow, that's really handy. This is awesome. We've done some of this by hand before where we've just kind of like rolled it by hand and said, yeah, this is, and you know, I feel like this is really great for if you're creating your own internal API to consume resources mm-hmm. as well, right? Yeah. Um, because you'll end up either, you know, you have kind of two options if you're providing your data from your backend to a like view front end or something like that. You can use something like Ziggy, right? Mm-hmm. Which basically dumps all of your routes to your JavaScript. You can pass in a route as a prop to your view. That'll work as well. Like if you want to use the route helper in Laravel, you could pass into in, that into uh, a prop into a view component or something on your front end. Uh, and the other option is to do something like this, where you say, "Hey, anytime I pull this resource from the API, go ahead and include like a routes, you know, either." method or attribute or something that has all the routes you could possibly need. And that's Mm -hmm. basically what this does automatically for you. So not only for the particular resource, but also for the resource route. So how do I get to the index page or the create page or the store page? You know, again, it's like one of those things where once somebody comes along and provides a default that says like, this is how you do it, you're much more likely to kind of say, all right, we'll do that. We'll just do that across the board on everything now, right? They've kind of provided the the lattice work like the framework for you to be able to yep. say yep that's how we're going to do that now and it's, it just becomes uh consistent across your application so it simplifies the process and it also it allows really you to consolidate yeah. your authorization so if a user that is viewing a particular resource doesn't have the permission to update that resource you just don't return the update link and then you don't have to worry about the user being able to update things you know obviously in a in a laravel context there's certain naming conventions and patterns that you would follow. So it wouldn't be hard to guess those things. And it's important to make sure that you have the authorization and the validation on your backend because, you know, users can still guess and, sure, and sure. try and send a yeah. post directly to a, an endpoint for a given ID. But in terms of your consumable API, not returning those things as well and already having that handled from this package, uh, I assume I haven't, haven't looked into it in great detail, but I would assume that that's something that they've done really simplifies the thing. And as you said, once you do it in one place, it just becomes part of your normal process to do it everywhere and not having to, to reinvent or rebuild that functionality between projects is really handy as well. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This is awesome. Interesting. I'm just keeping reading through the documentation. I'm like, this makes so much sense. Okay. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right. This next package is uh, really useful uh, as well, and I'm also in love with it because we have needed this recently. So Stephen Lewis uh, came up with this. This is called Unobserve. Uh, so it's a Laravel package by Stephen Lewis to mute and unmute observers at will. So you'll have this a lot of times where you'll have something like a user observer, and you want to, when you update a particular piece of a user, you want to dispatch some behavior. So in an application we were working on recently, if we update a avatar URL, I want to observe that with my user observer. And then I want to go grab the old avatar column and go delete that file out where it lives, right? So mm-hmm. go ahead and give me the new one. Yes, go ahead and leave that in the file system. That's fine. But when you create that, when you update it, go ahead and delete the old one. So we don't have a bunch of old avatars sitting out there. So that's fine. 
So when you're testing your Laravel application, it sometimes would be handy to silence those observers, right? So say, don't listen right now. Uh, and what that allows you to do is kind of handle particular pieces of logic without triggering side effects, right? So, so sometimes you just do that with Laravel event fake. And so you say event fake, and it just says, hey, don't actually fire off these events because I don't want to trigger that behavior. However, there are times where all you want to do is not do the observer, right? Just mute the observer, like, hey, observer, you don't listen. The rest of the events, you go ahead and run, but model observer just stop for a minute, right? And so what it does, unobserved takes care of that, making it really easy to mute and unmute an observer at will. So all you have to do is add a can mute trait on a model observer. So if you have a user observer, for, ex for example, you can say use can mute. And then what you can do is you can say in your test, user observer colon colon mute, and it will not listen for that one particular thing. So if you have multiple observers set up even, you could say mute this one. I only want to test the other one in isolation, right? So you can mute and unmute. Uh, and then of course you can uh, learn more about this package at monsu slash unobserve on GitHub. Pretty cool. But yeah, just reading through the really, really brief version of the docs. I'm like, yep, I needed this last week, actually. This always seems to happen. I never know about it until after I need it. The week after I need it, we talk about on Laravel News. Um, it's always the way. So that's, it's, always, it's always how it works. Uh, but this is really cool. So thanks, Stephen, for creating that. It's pretty great. All right. Yeah. Yes, yes. We are now down to news. The... Mm part of the show that makes up a half of our name. So news and tutorials. So we're talking about Hacktoberfest. What's uh, what's that? What is that? Hacktoberfest is that fantastic time of the year where it's a festival supporting and contributing to open source. To participate, all you have to do is make four, just four pull requests between the 1st of October and the end of the month, and you'll get a free T-shirt, which is limited to the first... And this is ridiculous. The first 50,000 participants, it's a free t-shirt for 50,000 people. That's right? crazy. Yeah. yeah All you have crazy. to do is make four pull requests. And I, I casually watch the uh, Laravel ideas and Laravel Laravel and Laravel docs and Laravel framework repos. And you always know when it's Hacktoberfest time because all of the, the PRs start coming through. The Hacktoberfest is open to everyone, developers, students, writers, technical writers. You know, you don't have to be, you know, doesn't have to be any major open source project. Obviously, as I said, I, I keep an eye on the, the Laravel ones and see that a lot of the, the requests come in through there. But to any repository, I've had a few come through to a couple of my own pa um, packages as well. All, all backgrounds, all skill levels are encouraged to complete the challenge. And look, you get a free T-shirt out of it as well. So if you want to get started, there's a GitHub search for Laravel projects that are looking for help. Um, but make sure that you first visit the official Hacktoberfest website to register, read the full, full rules and all the regulations and all that fun stuff, and then get started to submitting pull requests. Very cool. Uh, we also have in the list of news and tutorials here, testing API validation errors with different locales. So... A locale essentially says, hey, I'm from this region or this portion of the world and I'm using this language, right? So Paul Redmond, everyone's favorite human, goes through and explains how you could test to make sure that your API errors are creating or returning the errors in the preferred language. 
uh, of the person who's actually using the API. Uh, so Yaz gets a shout out in this one at Ninja Parade, who was discussing this topic with Paul online. And from his discussion, they were able to add these validation translations to an API, which is interesting. I've never really heard of that before, but it totally makes sense. I think Yaz, Yaz is definitely a Yes We Canada man. He is from Canada. And I know that in Canada, they have some of these rules where you have to provide things in two languages, uh, because I think they have like two official languages in different parts, right? Where it's like... English yeah, there's and like French, French Canadian. French yeah, French Canadian, Canadian, right? Which is not French. Exactly. It's not French. Not French. They speak French Canadian. So you have to have kind of both of those things, I think by law, right? Like by law, you have to have both languages. So, right. Um, okay. Yeah. Yep. So uh, now you can return these API error messages in French Canadian or your other language of choice. So pretty cool. So if that's nice. something you're interested in checking out, yeah, go look at that blog post. We'll put it in the show notes. All right, mm. we've got this uh, Laravel News T-shirt. What's that all about? Yeah, it's been it's been a little while between drinks, but we now have a new Laravel News T-shirt. Back in 2015, Eric had custom lettering commissioned for a shirt, and it's been his favorite. I think it's pretty pretty cool. It does. It looks awesome. So there's a few variations of it. There's some stickers around um, with that on there. There was an email. If if you, I don't know. If it went to the .dev mailing list or if it went to the Laravel News mailing list or if it went specifically to the Made in Production mailing list, which is a, it was like an online shirt store that Phil Sturgeon, who he's sort of like wandered off from the PHP community and is yeah. now doing a lot of API stuff at Stoplight. But Matt Matt Stauffer and Titan and, well, I don't know if it's Titan officially, but Matt Stauffer and Eric Barnes acquired the, the site madeinproduction.com from Phil and they're selling all of the old stuff. They're getting some new shirts and, and other swag made up as well. But it, um, we've got the new Laravel News t-shirt available for purchase on that website. So as I said, madeinproduction.com. The price is $24 for any size. And the shirt is a Bella and Canvas unisex premium, which are the really um, nice, Super soft, soft yeah, yeah. shirts. So if you'd like to share your support of Laravel News, please do order a shirt and show it off your next Laravel meetup or conference. I'd love to have one for um, Laracon AU, but I don't think it'll get to me in the next two weeks. Yeah, probably not. It's shipping takes a little while to get over there. Interesting. I didn't hear the story about this made in production size. That's mm. interesting. So huh? I'll have, to, I'll have to follow that up later. I'm interested to hear kind of what happened with that. Yeah, um, but that's cool. I think Phil cool. Phil was just looking to offload it because he wasn't wasn't wanting to put the energy into running it anymore. Um, and I think Matt and Matt and Eric picked it up. They've got some new designs in the works. Um, given that I've seen, you know, the the Titan shirts are always really good, and and Noemi does some really good designs, um, and her lettering is fantastic. Um, she did the the Laracon AU site for uh, not the site the Laracon AU shirt for us this year, which looks great. I'm excited to see what what they come up with in terms of new swag. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. It's pretty interesting. Okay, moving on. Focus Lab, who is the company behind the new branding work on Laravel 6, has published a case study that goes through the creative exploration for the new Laravel identity. And so it's it's really interesting uh, to kind of look through what were the pieces, what were the logic, uh, what were the logical decisions behind the new Laravel logo. Uh, so they go quite in depth and kind of talk through all the different, um, like the three dimensional building blocks, 
which is a modern evolution of the original perspective L mark that we had for so many years that we grew to know and love. And then they talk about the visual language that they crafted around those 3D, like that 3D rendered look, uh, which you can see if you go to Laravel.com, kind of that like that tube that fills with like, I don't know what it is, amazing Taylor Hotwell yeah. Laravel brain juice or something. I'm not sure exactly what it is, <laughs> but it's uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So there's, it looks really, uh, obviously I'm in love with the new branding. I'm actually wearing the shirt today. Check it out. Check it. I'm wearing my Laravel shirt today, my new Laravel 6 shirt. But it's an interesting read, so go ahead and uh, check that out when you get a second. Okay. I think that brings us to the end of our show today. That is all of the things that we have on the ticket for this episode. That's all the things. And we already talked about Laracon AU a little bit. But if you are one of those people, there are still tickets out there. So if you have not yet bought your ticket and you live in that region of the world, or even if you don't, uh, yeah, snap up a ticket, go see Mr. Dorinda. Say hello and um, visit the land of not free refills. Yeah, not free refills and uh, what are you, medium large drinks. Yeah, um, all of all of that good stuff. There, there's still, I think we've got like, I mean, I'm I'm having we've what I consider to be a sellout. We we leave a few seats free in the venue just so that people can spread out a little bit and move around, but. As I said at the at the start of the show, the shirts are done. Everything's they'll they'll get here. All of the speakers are starting to finalize their talks, and they're really knuckling down on 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 practicing them for the next couple of weeks. We've still got some open slots for lightning talks. I did want to have the the submissions by I think the, the two days before the conference, so they're they're still open. If you go to laracon.com.au, you can submit to the lightning talk CFP. We will probably do a few of those. I was hoping to get maybe six or seven lightning talks and then spread them out over a couple of days. So they'll be on the main stage in front of the real audience and all that kind of stuff. So that'll be exciting for those of you who want to do that. It's, it's five minutes. You don't have to do a and a You can talk about anything you want across the front end, back end stack. If you want to talk about things that are tangentially related to Laravel, like um, business or SaaS or whatever, we're, we're open to those suggestions. We're going to be doing that in amongst some some competitions and some giveaways and things like that as well, which should be lots of fun. So there will be one more episode of the Laravel News Podcast before Laracon AU at the end of uh, October. So on the 31st of October in Sydney. So maybe we will share some more secrets then. I'll, I'll work to have the schedule finalized for all the speakers by the time the next episode is Sounds out. Sounds awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us for episode 104. If you like the show, you can find the show notes for it at laravel-news.com slash podcast slash 104. Of course, if you like the episode, feel free to rate us up in your podcatcher of choice. We always appreciate that and share it with your friends. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at Michael Dorinda, at Jacob Bennett, or at Laravel News. Okay, everybody. Enjoy your week. I hope it's a wonderful one. Enjoy this wonderful fall weather or this spring weather, depending on your region mm. of the world. Yeah. All right, everyone. Cool. Thanks so much. We'll see you in two weeks. See you all. Bye.